Hello and hi there. Welcome to episode 68 of Rant and Rave Wrestling. I'm your host, the unprofessional, Greg Ovison, And I'm joined this week by the double R superstar, Roy the Roy Rowe. Hi everybody. And the head of the table, the professional, Blake Short. I like to have sex in the morning, because it's a great way to start the day. <laughs> Today we will discuss Aleister Black, Paul Heyman, and for this week's open mic discussion, we will be talking about wrestlers who haven't won the Royal Rumble, but should have. All leading into our main event, the R&R Battle Royale, featuring Raw, Dynamite, NXT, and SmackDown Live. Before we get started about that, let's talk about our weeks, guys. I'm going to go ahead and say Blake's first this week. That's fine, yeah. We didn't go ahead and discuss, so we kind of forgot about that. Off the top of my head, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For this week, this month is already pretty much over, and I'm not off to a good start in 2021. As I told you guys in the beginning of the year, I set some goals for myself, and then I made some goals for myself for the month, because I figured I'd do month to month, and then yearly goals. I don't think I hit one of my goals for January. I don't know what happened to this month. It like flew by. I had a plan. seems like every time I have a plan, I don't follow the plan. We've, we've actually had jokes about this before on this podcast, about a few plans that I've had that just fell through. Um, I just can't seem to figure out what to focus on at one time. I, I bounce back and forth way too much. So hopefully I can fix that in February. Um, but the one good thing about the end of January is where we are right now. And that is Royal Rumble. And I can't explain to you my excitement this whole week about the Royal Rumble. Uh, I always anticipate this pay-per-view. It's one of my favorites. It might be my favorite. I've been debating for years which one I like better between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. I think you just can't have one without the other. They're almost connected in a way. But I just love the Royal Rumble. Almost. They are, but you know what I mean. They're not the same event, but they are connected. Uh, Without one, the other is just not as great, in my opinion. And this is the start of WrestleMania season, so I'm super excited for tomorrow. Uh, It's looking like we all will be able to get together right now. Hopefully I didn't jinx it. We've only got one day left. Haven't heard anybody's not feeling well or anything like that. So fingers crossed we'll be able to put it together, and that'll be a lot of fun. And the last thing I had for this week was I wanted to talk about Grand Theft Auto and playing online. I've been playing with Greg, been playing with CJ, who's one of our buddies in the group. And we finally figured out how to do the heists. I don't know what took us so long. Uh, the Grand Theft Auto online, just the, the scheme of it, systematically, it's a little weird. It's not set up for beginners, I guess. So it took us a while to really hammer it down and figure out what we needed to do. There's so many different things going on as it is. But the heists and, and stuff were set up a little differently. I still don't even know how to set it up. The, those guys figured it out and invited me. But we had some fun the other night. Um, I'm looking forward to playing with them every now and then. Roy, I didn't forget about Donkey Kong. I'm almost there. I did do a little Crash Bandicoot tidying up. I finished 100% in 2. So I 100%ed Crash Bandicoot 2 and 3. I am not doing that for 1. Way too much. Way too challenging. So I'll be on Donkey Kong soon. And... Dead by Daylight, I finally was able to download it so we can play. Greg knows this, but you don't. It would not let me download this game. I don't know what was going on, but it would shut off midway and tell me that there was an error. And it did it for about a week straight. And finally, I went through all these loopholes. None of them worked. And then I seen something on Reddit where somebody said you had to like take it off of your network and connect it to another one. So I did that with my mobile hotspot. And I finally got this damn game. But... It was a hassle. I almost gave up on it. I was able to get it downloaded the other night, so I'll probably be on there playing every now and then as well. And that's it for me. I'll go next because <laughs> I don't have a ton to say. Um, this week for me, uh, 
the the most important part of this week for me has been looking forward to the Royal Rumble. Uh, we we're gonna do we're gonna do another podcast in a little bit where we're gonna go over our predictions with some of the stuff, and I'll go more in depth there on why the Royal Rumble especially is so important uh, to us. But it's been a long time, so I I'm somebody I really love like hosting events. I really like entertaining. I like. Uh, being the place where people can come over, feel comfortable, have a good time, hang out. I've, I've always loved that kind of thing. And it's been a while. It's been a while since I've really been able to do too much of that. And the Royal Rumble coming up, uh, it looks like we have a great a great event uh, to look forward to. I'm hoping they don't drop the ball on that, but we're looking good going into it. We're getting a few of the guys together, and it's really perked me up this week. And kind of, it's just really, it's really shed some light. In, in my week, giving me something to uh, to look forward to at the end of it and feel if some normalcy, like things feel a little bit normal this week. Uh, and, and I'm loving that. All right. So I'm going to start off by touching on what you just said. Uh, this will be the first wrestling event since COVID that I have come over for Roy's. Now, not throwing out anything to make an excuse for tomorrow because I already told Kim, I don't care about how much snow we got. I'm going to Roy's. So... And Blake kind of alluded to it earlier about, you know, everyone being together and the possibilities. You know, he mentioned COVID. What he failed to mention was the fact that he jinxed the shit out of this. Okay. So, as you are familiar, a few few rumbles ago, uh, our group of buddies got together in 30 inches of snow. Uh, So, here's what I'm going to do real quick. I'm going to stop you. How about you save this? For the second one, and I'll let you tell that story. Okay. So everybody listening that wanted to hear the end of that, go ahead and check tune that into out. the Roy Row Rumble episode that's going up later today. So I'll talk on that later. But I am excited to finally be back with the group. Um, it sucks that we're gonna miss CJ, but it's it's very reasonable. Um, with with the personal issues there, um, I I know what's going on, and it it sucks. Um, so. Obviously, all of us, our thoughts are with him and his family on that one. But it's just, I'm so happy to be coming back. Like, And then the Rumble, I guess because it's the Rumble, it makes it that much more. Because what the Rumble means to us as a group. Um, I had shared something on Facebook the other day. of it, Roy's been to two Royal Rumbles, but Blake and I have only been to one. And it popped up on Facebook the other day, and I immediately was like, oh my god. Like, my, my thoughts went back. Like, I remembered that exact view. I remember it being from the suite. Like, how awesome it was. Remember getting um, tacos <clears throat> in Philly? Remember Cheese getting steaks tacos that before, night. And, then, and then there was there was two places right across the street from each other that said, the best Philly's cheesy, best cheesesteak. Best cheesesteak. And we so didn't know which the- to get. So I Googled which one was the best, and I was like, okay, I've heard about this place a little more than the other. And we go, and the cheesesteak sucked. <laughs> This is the ninth Roy Rowe Rumble, correct? Because I've done the math a hundred times. If I feel like it's the I ninth. I feel like it started and I in like said 2011. The ninth, and then Colby commented on Facebook and said seventh. And I'm like, the first one was 2013. We're at 2021. And so I've counted. eight. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Was 2012 the first one? That's See, that's what I'm trying to remember. Do you remember when you moved into your first little apartment? I know it was the year that John Cena won, and I believe that was 2013. I know. It was it was Cena versus Ryback. Or it was Cena Ryback at the end. I'm trying to... All right, we'll figure anyway, this out later. Well, yeah. Listen to the other podcast. I think it's we'll the nine. I'm pretty sure it's the nine. I think it's nine also. Okay. 
So, and, and it, we've, we'll talk more on what we do and everything on the next podcast, but I'm just excited you piece to of be shit. Back I just counted for the 500th time, and 13 to 21 gives me 9. How? Because you start with 13. You count 13. You gotta count 19. 13, you gotta count 14, 13. 15, 16, 17. Yeah, because I've had this same conversation with the people in my household, too. Y'all keep telling me that this I, isn't 9. I'm on your side. Thank you. It is 9. I'm thinking to get from 3. To twenty or thirteen you to twenty one is You got to count twenty one though. I, I understand. Okay. That's what I'm going off of a. Anyway, this, uh, so anyway, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about a little more of what we do going into it on the next podcast. But um, this week, uh, Harper, Rowan, Bludgeon Babies. Uh, so <laughs> she she's starting to repeat more now. So not only am I going to have to start watching my language like Kim and I, because t- fuck. Shit! All that is second nature to us, so it's gonna we're gonna really have to to you know buckle down on that one. But so the other day, uh, I had told her I was like easy, and immediately she goes easies, and I was like, oh my god, okay. So I said it again just to see if it was like a one-off thing, kind of like the what sounded like the "I love you" two weeks ago type thing, and she just keeps saying easy now. Um, she's starting. She tries to say Tucker, but it comes out. Tata, so we just call him TT. So she'll say TT. Um, so it's getting pretty cool that like she's starting to kind of pick that up, repeat. Um, if I come upstairs from being downstairs for working, uh, immediately, dad, dad, hi, dad, dad, and I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> like, and it, it, all this feels like it just started overnight type of deal, which is I'm assuming exactly what it's like with having a baby. Obviously, they're not gonna just it, you're not gonna see it progress. It's just gonna happen, but it's like so weird. Um, other than that, to be honest, uh, playing, like Blake said, we've been playing GTA, um, hoping to get the heist done this weekend if Blake gets on, because CJ and I did do a lot of setup last night. Yeah, that's always the problem, waiting for Blake to get on, because it's like every other night, well, we maybe get, once every well, three days. It. Like, you, you have other things and stuff, yeah. but, um... We're, we're we we have one more mission to do. It's a little bit harder, so we wanted you to be on, and then we're, we can go through with the heist. So I'm looking forward to actually trying a heist out. Um, other than that, I'm I that was it was pretty much a slow week. I'm looking forward to snow this weekend. I, I love am too. Snow. I absolutely love snow. It's funny that it's the rumble. I probably wouldn't pick that day just in case to play it safe. But I mean, Holly said the same thing to me. She's like. Uh, you're gonna drive in it? I'm like, yeah, I've done it before. It's Royal Rumble. I'm gonna do it again. So we'll figure it out. All right. So uh, let's get into it this week, guys. Uh, so Pro Wrestling's insider Mike Johnson says that he was told Alistair Black was purposefully pulled from TV so he can make a big dramatic comeback. Johnson says this has not happened yet because WWE wants to quote let the waters calm after Zelina's release. Blake, I have a few questions here. Uh, I'm going to start off with, do you want to see Alistair come back in a big way? I'd be okay with it. It's not necessarily something that I need. I'm I'm pretty, I'm in a good place right now with WWE and what they're doing with some of their, well, a lot of their superstars, but I wouldn't be against it either. I've, I've been an Alistair fan in the past. Okay, so that. That's a good setup for the second one, and that is, in what capacity would you like to see him used? Um, not in a championship role right away. I just don't I, I don't believe that. I didn't see that. I think they had a chance to pull the trigger on him. In fact, I don't know if you guys recall, but last year during the Royal Rumble, a lot of talk was it was either yeah. Alistair or Drew. 
Uh, we don't know how true that is, obviously, but if that was the case, then that would have been a good time to pull the trigger. Now, he he didn't take advantage of the Rumble last year. He didn't take advantage of Money in the Bank, which is another event that I thought he may have a chance of winning. Instead, I went to Otis. I think you'd put him in a different role at first and then maybe eventually build him up. All right, so the last question on that is, do you think WWE should just bring Zelina back with him? Like, it, it, and, and the reason I ask this is, it doesn't seem like her release was... I don't know how to say it. Like, it wasn't really a necessary release. Like, I don't know if it was just to make a point in the situation or what. But do you, do you think she should be brought back? Uh, Zelina, look, I don't think Zelina was a bad manager by any means. And she, she definitely served her purpose. Um, t- to dig into the stuff behind the scenes where, you know, she made an OnlyFans to kind of go against them just to prove a point. I, I don't. I don't want to say which side is right or wrong there. I, I understand both viewpoints because I've been on the wrestler side as far as I think they should have more freedoms, especially because they're not even de- technically they're independent contractors. Right. But I also see WWE side where they stated something that they don't want you to do it anymore. And then you went ahead and did it to prove a point on your own. And they said, well, okay, <laughs> we're going to let you go. We're- right. and, and that's what I'm saying. Do you think it was one of those situations where it's like, we made our point because to me, it was like, I get the situation, but it felt like they were they were actually starting to get behind her with the breaking off as a manager and giving her some matches, and they may not have been you know the best matches, but they were they were giving her something. This this isn't a discredit to Zelina, but they don't need Zelina Vega. Okay, look to be perfectly honest, she's not a need for WWE, so it doesn't make sense for me if you're going to prove a point, you kind of you take away everything you prove by bringing her back. I understand that. So I don't think that's the right move for them if they really wanted to prove a point. I wouldn't be against it personally, but also I'm not sitting here on Mondays and Fridays going, man, I really miss Selena Vega. And to be honest, I'm not feeling that way about Alistair either. Okay. All right. So over to you, Roy. And I tend to piss you off with these topics and questions. So I thought, you know, why not keep that going this week? Uh, Wrestling Observer says that Paul Heyman has been backstage during Raw. The reason for this is because he is in charge of Bill Goldberg's promos. So aside from the fact that this is Goldberg we're talking about, and that he literally only has one recycled promo, let's talk about Heyman himself. We saw a change in Raw when he took over for a little while last year. Would you like to see Heyman in charge of Raw again? Uh, no, I would like to see, I would like to see things keep moving forwards, not backwards. I was absolutely ecstatic when the news broke that Heyman and Bischoff are going to be in charge, um, I've been, I'm big fans of some of their backstage work and even bigger fans of their on-screen personalities. Uh, but at this point, no, I just I didn't want to keep moving forward. And I did see some improvements on Raw. Uh, he moved, he was moving a little bit slower than maybe I would have, and that was pretty public knowledge that he had like a a plan in place that it was going to be a few months for a few guys and. I think he did a lot of things right, but I also felt like after he was gone, there were some episodes that were way better than what I had seen uh, when he was there. So I think I'd like to keep seeing new, fresher faces uh, take over the direction of these shows. Okay. And lastly, could you please explain to me why in the world Goldberg would need someone to be in charge of his promos? So, well, one, because he's usually concussed by the time he gets to the ring. And I, when I wrote this question, I was like, if this is not part of the answer. <laughs> I don't know what exactly, I mean, 
Okay, my personal opinion is that if if this is true, if Paul Heyman is in charge of his promos, uh, I'd fire him. I'd fire Paul Heyman immediately because he's cut two promos. One was absolutely delusional where he came out and said all of the stuff about the respect. And I don't know if there was time constraints on that or what it was. But somebody, uh, whether it was Goldberg or Paul Heyman, should have had the whereabouts to act in the moment there and figure that out, whatever the reason was. Um, and his second promo, well, I'll get to that later. <laughs> okay. Um, I just want to touch on it. it. Just The whole situation, it, it has this feel that it was supposed to be Goldberg as the face and that promo was supposed to make Drew the heel. And that just didn't happen. So now Goldberg looks like even more of a jackass as a heel. And it's just, the whole thing baffles me that there's someone, and not... Not just that it's Paul Heyman. Someone is in charge of telling Goldberg to go out there and say you're next. <laughs> um, all right. So anyway, let's go ahead and get into this open mic topic for the week, guys. We are going to discuss a few wrestlers that we believe should have won a Royal Rumble but never did. Now, I don't know who wants to get us started. If you want me to get started, if we want to just do a roundtable, just list a couple Whatever the case, uh, how do you guys feel about I'll that? I'll go first. One? Okay. Maybe just Let's... do one at a time and go around. Yeah, okay. one at a time. But the one that I'm going to start us off with, uh, the big show. And this is why. For years, we are told how important, uh, you know, how, how hard it is to eliminate the big guys in the Royal Rumble. And for years, Big Show was always propositioned as, how can we possibly eliminate him? It, it became such a joke. The big guys, more often than not, would get eliminated uh, pretty early on. And not not too hard. Like, yeah, people, it's the same thing every time, right? One or two guys try, they fail, we team up, whatever. If we're, gonna, if we're running the narrative for 20 years of this really benefits the big guy, he should have won it at least once to give that some credibility. Um, I think it's insane that that he hadn't, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and even if I don't look at it just logically in that way, I I think Big Show would have deserved one. Okay, and and I can understand that, and it's not not just off of the whole you know the big guy thing. It, look at his presence back then. You know when mm-hmm. he when he was you know in his prime, he definitely should have been a shoe in for it. It's just unfortunately he could never get his WrestleMania moment until you know the rocks feet too the late. rocks feet touch first. He should have had one. <laughs> Those so, pictures were fuzzy. So as a kid, okay, just real quick fun fact. They kept saying at the time the pictures were fuzzy, and I have a vivid memory. The reason I'm able to regurgitate that line is because I didn't really understand it. They meant fuzzy as in the picture quality, not great. I kept thinking they have a Polaroid where it's just kind of like fuzzy, like you can feel a fuzzy (laughs) texture on the Polaroid, and because of that, you can't tell whose feet touched. That's what I thought as a kid they were describing. Well, the funny thing is, compared to now, it is fuzzy. Because the cameras back then are nowhere near the quality they are now. All right. Uh, Blake, you want to go ahead and... and Yeah, I'll start with Kane. Uh, I actually, you know, I brought this up to the guys, and I I said this is kind of the talking point, the direction I wanted to go to get ready for the Royal Rumble because I saw a graphic of Kane, and this is a thought that I've had way before seeing this graphic. Uh, Kane, to me, was he's one of my favorites all time in WWE. But one of the reasons for that is because I feel like Kane, for the longevity that he had and the dominance, the dominant presence that he always, that Kane always gave you, 
he never really had too many title runs as a main champion. And him not winning a Royal Rumble is shocking to me. Because when you talk about the Royal Rumble and a lot of the records in the Royal Rumble, Kane has either held or is currently holding a lot of them. So it's it's a little surprising to me to not only have a big guy, as Roy said, but a dominant presence year after year that never won the Royal Rumble despite his domination inside of a Royal Rumble. And it would have been so easy to insert a guy like Kane in the title picture. I mean, we we had already seen him as a champion. Uh, granted, I think he should have had more championship reigns. But I'm just surprised that he was never used to win a Royal Rumble and headline a WrestleMania. So uh, the one that I'm going to go with that surprises me is when you think about someone that we talk about on a weekly basis, the the you know character development to keep himself relevant over the amount of time that he has and has never won a rumble, Chris Jericho. That it, so I looked back and I was trying to think of people that I know didn't win. And I couldn't think of a rumble that Chris Jericho won. And I had to look it up because I'm like, wait a minute, he's had to have won a Royal Rumble. It's Chris Jericho, you know what I mean? No, and that's that's absolutely surprising, especially when you have the whole situation with the uh, the what would they call the title the two titles back then the oh, I can't think of the you talking about the unification unif- yeah the, when they yeah. unified the titles like the undisputed championship yeah right? like that that whole thing you have that and you know him being the first like all that is just like but, but this man didn't win a rumble and then I remember. The year that we got him and CM Punk at Mania, we thought he was winning that Rumble that year. And I want to say that that was the year they pulled the string on Sheamus. Um, so that just that that shocked me too. Like to think that like I I, I didn't fully remember that until I like looked <laughs> it up and everything. I'm like, wow, I do remember this whole storyline, and it just baffles me that Jericho had never won. Yeah, he was on my list as well because he's actually he's had some. Some close finishes. I don't know if he was ever in the final two, but I know I can think off the top of my head a couple times that he was in the final four, and even started really I'm early. Sure the final two was down to Rumbles. him and Sheamus. It may have been. Won. It may have been. I, I off the top of my head, I knew he had been in a couple of final fours, yeah. and he had started early in in some of those rumbles as well. So, yeah, that's a very surprising one. He was also on my list. My next one is going to be Kurt Angle, uh, absolute legend. He wrestled a, a big chunk of his career outside of WWE so it kind of makes sense but you think of all the accolades that he has and you might it might be easy to to miss that he's never won a Royal Rumble and I think that his his gimmick especially back then would lend itself very much to that kind of story of outlasting everybody and winning the Royal Rumble that's actually a really good one I didn't even think of Kurt Angle so that's a really good one um I'm gonna go with a more modern name and that's Braun Strowman. And that was before he even returned on Friday. I was going to bring this up. Because I remember Braun, when, when we first started to see the push for Braun, I remember thinking, how are they going to have this guy in a rumble and not win it year after year? And here we are many years later, and he is still yet to win. And I'm not counting that greatest Royal Rumble because that's a scam. That doesn't a count. Scam. <laughs> does not count. That is not the Royal Rumble. I hated that. I hope they never do that again. But... Braun Strowman's definitely a guy I'm a little surprised that has never won a Royal Rumble. And I don't think he's winning this year, but it's cool to see him in it because I do think he has that presence that you need for a Rumble. Um, So the next one I'm going to go with, it's CM Punk. That's another guy at the time 
It, and to be honest with you, the the rumble where he came out and after every single person, he just sat in the middle of the ring and he cut a promo every single time. Someone else came out, he kicked their ass, eliminated them, sat back down the ring. I'll be 100% honest with you. If that was the whole rumble, I'd have been perfectly fine with it. But it, it that's another one that given the like the rise and the how quick he got to the top once he got a spotlight outside of the straight edge society and everything he took his his you know chance and he ran with it and it just shocks me that given the whole situation where they allowed him to leave with the title and didn't have the contract yet but obviously there was some type of good word to allow that to happen but the fact that that happened and just different stuff that they didn't pull the trigger on him winning a rumble uh, the last one for me is low-hanging fruit. Admittedly, it's going to be Daniel Bryan. Uh, and it's not because... So, Daniel, I, I'd be okay with Daniel not having a Rumble win. I don't think it's necessary for his career. Uh, but I'm, I'm giving it to Daniel specifically because of how much they missed the mark the year they had Batista win instead of Daniel. Uh, these days, you can't talk about Royal Rumble without talking about that or thinking about that. That's one of the biggest missed opportunities uh they rectified it in the end with one of the best moments in wwe history but on that night it, it was a fail it was and i mean look daniel was only a b plus player and they just they weren't convinced so maybe that's why we had to go with batista which i feel bad for batista in that because everybody hated him for the wrong reasons it was we were happy to see batista we just knew he was going to win the Rumble, and we didn't want it. We we knew what we wanted. They wouldn't give us what we wanted, so we took it out on Batista. And I feel bad for that. I'm glad he actually came back and he was able to rectify that a little bit because that was unwarranted heat for Batista. The final name that I have, I'm just going to stick with the big men here, and it's going to be Mark Henry. And no, I'm not talking about sexual chocolate. I'm not surprised that he didn't win a Royal Rumble. But the, the world's strongest man, and you know he had the Hall of Pain. It would have been a perfect time to get Mark Henry a Royal Rumble win. Uh, that would have been nice. I was a big Mark Henry fan, so that's another one that it would have been cool to see win a Royal Rumble. Um, so I'm going to go ahead with this one as my last one, and it's going to be Bray Wyatt. Um, just And I'm not talking about like, oh, give it to him now, he's the fiend. I'm talking about height of Wyatt family. You've got five members in the Wyatt or total when you're in the Wyatt family, whatever the case, all of them are in the ring. The way that he can control them and do all that stuff. There's, there should have been no reason that Bray Wyatt should have not won a Royal Rumble back then. Um, we know his, you know, record when it came to big matches, but I still think given his character, Given given how big it got for a while there, that Bray Wyatt should have pulled off a rumble. Yeah, and the perfect one would be the one that Orton won. They just got it wrong there. They yeah. should have had Bray have that Royal Rumble moment and win the title at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And honestly, out of the, the Wyatt family at that time, Orton was the last one who needed a Royal Rumble win. Hell, if they would have had Luke Harper win that Royal Rumble, yep. that would have been an awesome moment. Yep. Um, they dropped the ball there. They have a few times, you know, and oh, it's sure, it's a little sure. surprising. I think sometimes they just they don't want to take that risk. In their eyes, maybe they see it as a risk, where in the fans' eyes we see it as this makes the most sense, and they're just not seeing it the same. They don't have the same vision that we have, which is understandable. Sometimes they're right and we're wrong. We're not always right. 
I think some of those moments we were on the right track, oh, and yeah, they, sure. missed, they missed the, uh, the, they missed the uh, call there. But um, that was my last one with Mark Henry as well. Those are some great names, and I can't wait to see what happens tomorrow night. All right, guys. So let's get into our week. Um, the last two weeks, we have tried something a little different here, where instead of going rant and rave and having three rounds of each, uh, we are going five rounds. Each person chooses whether they want to rant or rave on a topic. This week, I'm going to go ahead and get us started with our number one. And I'm actually going to go ahead and say that my number one for the week is going to be a rant. And it is going to be the Goldberg and Drew McIntyre promo during the opening of Raw. Ring the bell. I'm just kidding. I was going to say, you got to be <laughs> kidding me, man. Like, you... Cool. You started off well. I just you, wanted to see your face you for a second. You gave Miz Morrison coming out and everything, but really, you had Goldberg literally stop his way to the ring, get in Drew McIntyre's face, literally to just say, you're next. Why? Why is this consistently happening? So, we, a few of us were watching this, and when Goldberg came out, I can't remember who, but somebody said, what is he f- here for? What has he got to say? Or something like that. And I said, well, he hasn't said you're next yet. He hit the ring. He goes, you, me, Sunday, you're next. Right. Unbelievable. It, 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 and that that's the, that's the second promo that I was referencing earlier when I said we would get to it. Uh, Paul Heyman came up with this creative genius. You, me, Sunday, you're next. Yeah, Paul Heyman should be fired if he's <laughs> yeah. the one writing the material for Goldberg. I'll be honest, I didn't put this as a rant because it was it was such an expectation I think I think if I watched it by myself, it would have been one of my top rants. Watching it with the guys on Monday, it became comical. I looked at Roy and just started laughing because we knew he was going to say it. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to go into and too much detail. Just about to put Goldberg. it out there, this week's rotation is Gerb. That's Greg, Roy, Blake. If you didn't notice, I went first already. So, Roy, why don't you go ahead and give us the second one of the week? All right, second one of the week is going to be a rave, and it is going to go to... Friday Night Smackdown, it's going to go to Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens. Uh, I am a big Kevin Owens fan. I am a big Kevin Owens fan after Friday. He has convinced me that he is going to win this match. I keep trying to think of, you know, logically, it's telling me as we head into WrestleMania season, you know, Roman is the guy. Roman's, he's going to, he's going to be in the main event of WrestleMania. Everything says Kevin is not winning that. He really convinced me Friday, and I keep trying to think of ways like how does Kevin pull this off, and that's that's all that's why it gets the number one for me. He really bought me into everything he said. Um, the stuff with where he talked about the family, and it felt very real. Where twice he stopped and he was like, "Listen, I'm telling you, think about what you're going to say. Really think about it." And I believed that you know that was that that was the calm before the storm. Like Kevin is ready to lose his shit. And he knew he knew what Roman was doing. He's like, you heard you heard me talk about my family last week. You're you're trying to get in my head, all that stuff. Um, and then I really enjoyed the closing too. Roman just turns it off. He's he's so you know he feels like he's above that kind of thing. He turns the screen off. Kevin's left. He's kind of still doing a promo, but he know he's goddamn it. He takes his earpiece he's, out. Um, I, I'm so excited for Roman and Kevin now. So I said this when kind of when this feud first started. That it was leading into finally where Kevin Owens feels like he could actually beat Roman Reigns. I'm telling you, after this promo, 
there's a big part of me that doesn't see how Roman wins it. That's what I'm saying. And it's insane <laughs> that I feel that way because last month I was saying there's no way Roman doesn't or there's no way Roman loses. I'm now at the point where I'm like, there's no way Roman wins this. I don't. I it, WWE has done such a great job with this storyline. I don't care that we've had this match five times already. This has been amazing. It's something I can compare it to, and a much a much lesser degree, but something I can compare it to is Eddie Kingston and his ability to talk you into believing every word that he says, and you kind of forget that you're watching wrestling for a minute, and you feel like you're really watching these people's lives yeah. unfold, and that that was something that Kevin captured very well Friday. Uh, Roy beat me to it, which this happens a lot with me and him because we, we align a lot of times with wrestling, and I was actually about to say... This reminds me. I was I was fearful at first because I was going to say, Roy, this reminds me of Eddie Kingston, the road you went on. But how, however, there's one significant change here, and I think they protect it in a way where if Kevin loses, you can still be behind him. And that's because if they would have done this last man standing match for Eddie Kingston, I think we'd still be bigger fans of Eddie Kingston. However, he quit in a match he said he never would. You can still protect Kevin Owens if would have lost here in last in last man standing. If he's beating the hell up and he don't get up at 10, that's believable. However, if this was an I quit match, you would be in the same position you were with Eddie Kingston. So that's just something that came to mind for me. Uh, Kevin Owens, if you've listened to this podcast, you know how big of a Kevin Owens fan. I went back and forth with Roy for the past year. Oh, I'm sure it's not over. Another month or two, we'll be back to it. Oh, and Kevin Owens, to the point where I started to get depressed and said, you know what, I think I give up. I, I, I just don't see the light anymore. I don't know how they could ever bring him back. They have... I don't think Kevin's going to win. I just don't see it. It's WrestleMania season. It's Roman Reigns. Yeah. The money says Roman Reigns has to be in the main event of WrestleMania. But I'm starting to think that there's something else lined up for WrestleMania, and I don't necessarily think they want it to be for the title because of who it will be. Maybe. It could be. Um, we'll see. I would love for Kevin to get the win. I'd also love for Roman to retain. I enjoy both of them so much that they can't give me a result here. That isn't satisfying for me. As long as they can protect the loser, which in case I think it's going to be Kevin, he's the one who needs to be protected the most. Roman doesn't need to be protected. So this is this is how Kevin Owens wins. You ready? Yeah. We all know what Roman Reigns' weakness is, uh-huh. and Seth Rollins is going to return him, hit him in the back with a chair. And that's going to put him match in over, tonight. match over. That's his crypt. That's a ten count right that's there. His kryptonite. All right. I'm going to move on to my top of the week, and I'm also going to rant because for the first time in a while, wrestling this week wasn't as good, in my opinion. Uh, It wasn't bad, but I felt like my excitement for the Royal Rumble really carried me through this week, and and wrestling didn't deliver as much as they had the past few weeks. So I'm going to start off with my number one rant for this week, and that's going to be Shaq. And this Cody feud. And I want to talk about a few things here. I want to start with what was already... This was going to be my number one right here. And then some other things happened to make this even worse. I'm going to start with Shaq's promo. This this was the best thing that they could come up with with Shaq. He said, with your blonde hair, you look like a little girl. I felt... I, I think it's insulting to say middle school. This is elementary school. Blake, please. I love you so much. This was one of the things that stood out to me in a huge way this week. And I just, I love, you. Sp- it, it says right here on my notes, Shaq calls Cody a girl. It really is one of the most elementary things that somebody could have said. It is not an insult to be called, like, it's tw- it's 2021, right? 
I hated I hated it. So I just I love that you touched on exactly what I hated about it. For a company that we have credited with their creative ability so many times, this is what we came up with. You you already have, have thrown together this feud and you haven't given me a reason to believe that it's a feud. Us, yeah. I don't understand why. And the best thing that you could give me was Shaq called Cody a, a little girl because he has blonde hair. Uh, like we said, elementary. That was bad enough. Meanwhile, he's the one that has been sending a female to fight his battles for weeks. <laughs> yeah, none of it. Shaq. Hold on, ready, ready? Shaq ass. <laughs> I, like I like it. it. Uh but I'm going to continue because it got, this is already really bad. Then it got worse because we found out why they wanted to do this, which almost makes it worse for me because their plan was to have Cody and Brandy and Jade and Shaq. And I actually think that could have been fun because the interaction in the beginning with Brandy and Jade was pretty good. Thanks to Brandy. And I felt like, okay, that makes a little bit more sense, even though you have no reason behind it and you couldn't really package it together in a way I would have liked. That makes sense. So instead of just getting rid of that and going the Cody and Shaq route, now we're going to go Cody and Red Velvet? Red Velvet? Why should I care about Red Velvet? She hasn't done anything for me to care. She's been bullied by Jade Cargo, who is much bigger than her. I have no belief that she can even compete with Jade, even though I haven't seen Jade in the ring. All Red Velvet's done really is lose. And JR... Roy has touched on this before yeah. with commentary. She said, bitch ass. That means she's serious. That was the quote from JR in this. Everything about this is horrible. I wish they would have just cut it loose and squashed it once they found out that Brandy was pregnant. They've tried to recover. It's been bad from the start. This is my number one for the week. The, the best part of this whole promo is Cody acknowledging that only in AEW do you get a baby daddy chant. That yeah, that was like and the even only... even Cody hasn't been able to save this. No, he, and if and Cody he, Rhodes can't save it, it's bad. In a way, so we talked about it before, where a wrestler can take a story that we could just we think is just absolutely stupid, and if they believe in it, it makes us feel a little bit more about it. Cody does not seem like he even believes this whole storyline. Like he seems put off by it all. We need a reason. What is the reason? I, there is none. And, and that's the biggest part of a wrestling thing is how are you going to build a feud where you have a guy go, you look like a girl with blonde hair. So apparently any boy with blonde hair now looks like a girl in Shaq's eyes. To believing that this is even anything worth investing in when you, you don't give us a reason. It, it feels like two guys are just kind of uncomfortable with it. Even yeah. Shaq does. Yeah. And it sucks because... If, I don't know how familiar you guys are with Shaq. I mean, everybody knows who Shaq is. But Shaq actually has a really good sense of humor. He's very entertaining, if you've seen him outside of what AEW has, has given us. And Cody, we know about Cody. It's just crazy to me that it's been this bad in a way, but it's also not that crazy to me because there's just no reasoning behind it, and it makes it hard for everybody involved. The biggest issue is that they're trying to do a feud with two guys without ever having them in the same room. I think that yeah. if maybe we had them both face-to-face -face more often, it, it could have worked. Who knows the reason maybe, for that, yeah. whether it's COVID, traveling, I don't know. Uh, I think that's been one of the biggest failures for it. All right. So, on a round two, and guys, like Blake said, this week wasn't as good as the last couple of weeks, and just there's just rants that I got to get to. 
And it's going to go to SmackDown, and it's going to be the absolute shit show at the end. From a, a what was it, a singles match to a, a six-man tag match to a five, or whatever they call it, ten-man tag match, it, just to have Braun Strowman come out and look at everybody. It's not even that it's too many men. <laughs> what the hell was the point in this whole thing? And, and, and I get it's Rumble. You got to have that moment where someone comes out, looks strong, and throws everyone over the rope. But you don't. Although we know that when it comes down to it, in the Rumble, all Braun Strowman did was paint a target on his back, and 30 other guys are going to lift him over the rope at one time. You do, but you don't. You, you don't. I mean, yeah, it's a trope, but you don't have to do this. And this wasn't I'm, even about that, I don't think. Because no. we, we keep seeing different evolutions of this exact thing week after week. I don't know what their reason is for it, but they've got to stop. Dude, and I'm not even going to get started because this is the second time this week WWE did something in this realm. They've they, been doing this for a few been weeks. Doing it for weeks. But Do a match about three, and now it's a match three again. Three different matches out of one match. Oh this yeah, time. this was the highest example of it. They, yeah, there was no quit on this well, one. Well, anyway, I'll I'll get to the other one later, probably on <laughs> a because this one's higher than that one. But it, it don't give me a match and then a match and then a match like for no reason but to have this big guy return. Who one you had him return on SmackDown, which I think's a mistake. Should have had him return at the Rumble. To be honest with you, I forgot about Strowman for a little bit. He showed up, and I'm like, oh, well, now he's just going to lose the Rumble. Like, I don't feel like this is a guy that can win the Rumble. They should have just had him show up at the Rumble, whatever. It was stupid. <laughs> I was I was okay with him showing up on SmackDown. Uh, that didn't bother me too much. I, I understand your reasoning behind it. But if he wasn't going to win the Rumble, I'm okay with him having him show up the night, you know, pretty much the night before, two nights prior. I'm all right with that. But this... These shenanigans are pulling. I, I may actually just stick with my rant on them as well when I get to me. We'll see. Because I, I have a beef with what they've been doing. All right. That takes it to me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to rant about AEW. Okay. It's going to be staying in Darby Allen. I knew it. Okay. What was that? Can either of you defend that? No. No, it's very high on my list for rants, actually. <laughs> this didn't go on either side for me, but I can definitely see. It was terrible. Where you had an issue with These it. goddamn hoodlums. Sure. Are out here <laughs> and just, just re- where were they even at? And they're, they're just back and forth conversation. I'm not a hoodlum, I am a hoodlum. <laughs> and they start beating this glass down, which it's not cool to be a hoodlum, man. Stop breaking that property. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. It was a step back for Sting and Darby. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not throwing the towel in on them just yet. I'm still back and forth, but this was a major step back. So this is why it didn't get a full like rant or whatever for me. I, I like to imagine that those windows that were already busted in the back were multiple takes where they couldn't get the skateboard to go through <laughs> all the way, or Sting went off and couldn't bust the full window. Finally, he did it. They're like, all right, that one's it. Whatever. That was it. We're using it. So I imagine those other windows were already busted because of like multiple takes. I questioned whether this promo was supposed to be serious or make me laugh. Dude. And when that happens, that there's probably an issue there. Because I, I do think we were supposed to take it serious. If it was supposed to be for a laugh and I missed the mark, I apologize because I did laugh. It, it <laughs> Sting goes, he's a hoodlum. And then Darby, I am a hoodlum. And he smacks the glass and then Sting's like, I'm also a hoodlum. <laughs> and he hits the glass and I, I just, I laughed. I don't, I'm like, what is this? I don't know what is happening here. I don't know what. What is the message we're trying to get across that you're hoodlums? You're in a street fight. Okay, you're hoodlums. I don't know. 
it, it's not even something that made me angry. It's just something that I questioned whether I was supposed to be serious or laugh at it. It felt like a backyard wrestling YouTube promo. <laughs> it did. <laughs> Sting's old ass freaking was right. out of breath after three swings. 800 years old, banging in windows <laughs> with some 20-year-old. He swung three times and was out of breath. Kept hitting the middle pane after yeah. he broke the glass. So he wasn't hitting glass and breaking it. He was hitting the panes. Uh, yeah, it was it was weird. I, I think it would have been better if... He's like, Darby is a hoodlum. And he becomes insulted by Sting calling him a hoodlum. That's what I was prepared for. Instead, he's like, I am a hoodlum. I'm not a hoodlum. Throws a skateboard through and walks away. (laughs) I I don't know. It was definitely reminded me of why Roy doesn't like Darby. It was like, we're trying to be edgy here. With them saying, we're trying to be edgy here right in front (laughs) of your face. All right. um, That was one of my top rants as well. I'll go on the rave side. My number one rave for this week, so my number two on the week, it's going to be Randy Art, RKO, and Alexa Bliss. I'm not, I don't condone man on women violence, but in wrestling it works for me. And Randy Orton RKOing a woman seems to work for me because he did it to Nia Jax, which was my favorite because I hated Nia Jax. And I don't even have an issue with Alexa Bliss, but it was, it was outstanding. So, men on women violence doesn't work for me unless it's on TV. <laughs> so, <laughs> and what is worse, that or screwing over your daughter makes sense. Come on. <laughs> you, you obviously know what I meant. Uh, you both it's have fake. some strange flaws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this man said, I don't condone it, but when it's on TV, I love it. <laughs> Uh, when it, when it's in wrestling, it works. I don't like it as long as as long as it's Randy Orton beating up a woman, it's fine. It's it's cool. It it worked really well for me because when they announced the match for Alexa and Oscar, I knew we. I don't want to say I knew. I felt very confident that we weren't going to get a finish, and I hated that because we were starting to see a cool path for Alexa and and Final Boss Bliss, as I like to call her now. And you already gave her a title shot, and I'm like, no, you're going to ruin it. Already, it's only been a week. Like, let it, you know, let's have a path here. Let's let's give it a little bit more time than a week, especially with Rumble coming up. And so I was afraid, all right, is Alexa going to take a loss here? Probably not. I don't think she's winning the title, so we're going to have some kind of screwy finish. And I hate always getting the screwy main event finishes. And here it worked because, obviously, Orton has an obvious beef with Alexa Bliss. How often we do we see something like this? So it worked out in, in in its favor, and I was happy with the result, even though we didn't get a so final match result. I, I was on the same boat as you, and this week, I actually would have been fine with her losing clean had she lost as Alexa Bliss when she changed into just Alexa Bliss because we haven't seen that that side, and if she had lost like that, that to me would have been believable. And then... Then you get this whole idea of, oh, well, she can change into these different versions of herself, but she's not in control of which version she can change into. Like, she's learning to control that type of thing. And and I would have been okay with that at that moment. But the, the RKO, it, honestly, there was a lot. I loved when he RKO'd Nia Jax. We all did. When he did this to Alexa, I was like, no, not Alexa. <laughs> yeah, like, I kind of had that too, but I was so happy no, at the same time. But yeah, it, it makes sense. And come on, man. Why couldn't you show his face last week? Why? What? Why? Anyway, so... Also, that's a good point about the, the different variations of Alexa and what they showed in the matches. I really like that too. And to outline what I was thinking, my thoughts were prior to seeing that. 
So they would have actually given me a reason for a regular Alexa mm-hmm. to lose that match. So I, I really just enjoy what they did in general. I think they've done such a great job with this stuff. All right. So on to round three, guys, I'm going to go ahead and rave this time. Okay. And I'm going to give my rave to NXT. And it's going to go to MSK again. They, I mean, their match, it was them and uh, it was Drake and Killian Dane. Killian right? Dane. I don't give a damn about Killian <laughs> Um, But the match itself was really good. But, it, again, I tell you guys, I love this type of tag team. And I guess because they're still fresh and new, I'm loving what they're doing with them. I'm, I'm enjoying watching these guys. And I really do hope they go on and win the Dusty Rose Classic, honestly. This is my team that I want to win. Um, I know we're only a couple rounds in, but I, I, this is the pick I'm making for myself. Yeah, the marijuana smoking kids are doing pretty good. Okay, that's not their names. <laughs> the, the white guy reminds me of X-Pac. And then he did the Bronco did the Buster, Bronco and I said, okay, yep. all right, so clearly I'm supposed to see that you you are supposed to remind me of X-Pac. Uh, I like them. I like them. I don't, I'm not ready to say I want to see them win the Dusty Cup yet. I, I think there's more established teams in there that probably should get ahead of them, but it's nice to see them get an early push, and we'll see where it goes. Next up for me is going to be a rant to NXT. And it's going to go to Kyle and Finn Balor for the amount of time it takes these two young men to respond to one another. Okay. Our podcast constantly uh, goes over a little bit more than we would like it to. We've we've done a few things here and there to try and shorten it up. We usually get about an hour and 40 minutes. That makes us the perfect podcast to listen to when you're waiting for either Finn or Kyle to reply to one another. Because that's about how long they wait in between their statements. The amount of time that they just stare at each other, say a thing, stare, and then say something is insane. I I talked on it maybe last week, and back then it was mostly a joke. It was annoying, but it was just kind of a funny thing that happened. And now it happened again. It's not funny anymore. Dude. And they weren't even like it, there. It's not like oh he said something. I'm taking my time to respond. I was yeah, right. Very yeah. very casual conversation. And like at one point it was like guess I'll see you out there, and then like a ten minute pause is guess you will, and then they just walk away. And it's like it even took like thirty minutes for them to walk away from each other. You know what sucks about this is I I actually I'm in the right state of mind for Finn and Kyle, and they've done they've had great matches. I, I can see where the tension is, yet them forcing the tension and making it so obvious is taking everything away from me when it comes to Kyle and Finn. And I don't really understand it because it's not needed. The feud is already there. It already Everything makes sense. They had the matches. And you're doing these weird, awkward pauses, like you said, that their conversation is so forced. Uh, doesn't make sense. And it's not something I typically see from NXT. I'm not really sure who's dropping the ball here between the two or whether it's creative, but they need to stop because they're ruining both of them by doing it. They're making it very awkward. Um, For my third round, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to rant. It's going to really touch on something that Greg brought up. It was very high on my list, and, and I'm just going to go through with it anyway. And it's resetting matches in between commercial breaks. And it's going to go to Raw and SmackDown because they both did it and they've both been doing it for the well, past Well, this is going weeks. to Raw because I had the, I had both of them separately Yeah, listed. he did give SmackDown one okay. part already. Well, and and I have I had that, that match on Raw that you're about to talk about separately listed on my list of rants. So, 
Well, they honestly they've they've done it so consistently that I don't even remember what match it was on Raw. So it was Charlotte time. versus Baszler, which then went to Charlotte yeah, right. and Dana Brooke and but but they get they that the heels get one get or the the faces get a win and then they restarted it again for the heels to get a win. What was the whole point of that? It got to the point as I said I watched Raw with the guys. It got to the point I stopped paying attention. It was like forty minutes of Dude, Raw. Yeah. And I, I just started doing Pokemon stuff with Colby, waiting for it to end, because it once you got to that many variations, it just doesn't matter anymore. The final result doesn't matter, because you've you've just tainted it so many times with different little things, and DQs, and non-finishes, and I thought they were doing this because of the COVID situation. It's starting to remind me now of the two out of three fall shit that they were doing a while back. And I, I need it to stop because it's 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 obvious. So when you go into a match, you immediately are now expecting for some shenanigans to get you to commercial break to restart a match. I don't like it. I need them to stop doing it. I don't know why they started doing it in the past few weeks. Maybe this is a big reason why I didn't have as much fun with wrestling this week. I'm not sure, but I need it to stop. And the, the only reason why the one on SmackDown was higher for me is because... The only person in this whole situation at the very end of all of this with the, you know, the Royal Rumble lead up of eliminations and stuff, the only person in all of this that I feel is even a shoe in to win this, it would be Brian. None of the other guys are going to win the Rumble that were involved in this. See, and it's I disagree with that, and here's why. I disagree with that because logically, yes, you're correct. But I also looked the last year and who won, and it was Drew McIntyre. And he had a three-week push. Before that, he was trash. Yeah, and he wasn't doing anything. And who's had the push this the last three weeks? For the last three weeks, we've seen Cesaro, we've seen Shinsuke Nakamura, we've seen Biggie. Yeah, I think they. Kaina. I do think they've done yeah. a great job at building a lot of I think they've given you that this year. I think what you're seeing is the same thing that we saw last year with Drew McIntyre, where we just didn't believe it because maybe his whole past was none of you know he didn't have this in his past, but. They have positioned me now after what they've done with Drew McIntyre to kind of take some of these guys like Shinsuke, Cesaro, more seriously when they're given only a short-term push because of that. And while last year I didn't I didn't agree with it, now long-term I think, okay, maybe that was a good idea because now I can take these guys seriously. Does that make sense? It does. It does. That doesn't mean I think Shinsuke or Cesaro is going to win the Rumble. They're probably not. I see where your logic is. But if you look to last year and you compare the two, you can see where it makes sense. Okay. All right, so round four, and this one is going to go to SmackDown as a or sorry AW as a rave for me, and it's going to be Jungle Boy Jungle Boy versus Dax Harwood. Dax Dax Harwood. I'm sorry, every time I see that name, I want to say Dax Shepard, but it's not Dax Shepard. It's Dax also Harwood, and it's also Dax Shepard. I thought it was Dak Shepard. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's Dak Shepard. All right, I'm going to Google Harwood. it. You might okay. be right, but I'm going to Google I, it. And so Kim listens to his podcast like all the time. I don't so know who you're even what, talking about. Um, remember Employee of the Month? No. The movie Employee of the Month? What? Anyway. Um, so. Boom, baby. Is it Dax? Dak Shepard. Oh, my Shepherd. God. I thought it was Dak Shepard. Anyway. Um. Big fan of his, by the way. Well, Kim listens to his podcast all the time, so when I see Dax Harwood, it's automatically Shepard pops in my mind. <laughs> but um, so anyway, this match, so this to me is one of those those things where it's like there shouldn't have been a reason Jungle Boy lost this. You show me the last couple of weeks the reasons why FTR gets these wins is because either Tully 
during, you know, a tag team match or one of the other during a singles. Like, there's some type of help. Typically, it's holding the wrestler down or helping give leverage during a pin. Nothing too crazy. Um, you have a Tully set up, and then he gets out of the way. Someone gets close, whatever the case. But this week, neither of them can be a factor because you have freaking uh, Luchasaurus. What's Tully going to do to Luchasaurus now? And he's holding both of them back. They can't get involved. And it makes sense that... What you're telling me, the way that they've got to win these matches the last couple weeks, the Jungle Boy should win this. Not only did he win this, it was a really good match. Um, I, I, I really hope that this is a step forward in starting to kind of use Lucha or, or uh, Jurassic Express in more of a singles capacity. Just because we've talked about it, uh, do want to see Luchasaurus get like a singles run? Jungle Boy, I mean. Honestly, if if you've got Darby Allen, you've got uh, uh, Ricky Starks. I'm trying to think of who else around his size that's getting pushes right now. But Jungle Boy could be in the mix with them. He's got the skills. Um, so this match, I I really liked, and there's a lot that can be taken from this match. Well, it made sense psychologically because what makes FTR so great is their work as a tag team and mm-hmm. and just their their chemistry together. But alone they're not built you know they're just not built for that they're not built to be single superstars without the other one right um and jungle boy can be that we've seen that out of jungle boy remember his match with jericho Jericho. in the beginning he's had some really good matches he's come really close against some top flight singles competitors what really made it stand out was not only was the match great but the way that they handcuffed luchasaurus to um now it's Cash Wheeler and Tully Blanchard. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I've never seen anything like that. That was really cool, right? Usually you have one on one side, have one on the other. I haven't seen a method where they said, you know what? I'm going to handcuff you to Luchasaurus, and you then we'll see what happens. And it was cool because <laughs> it, each time there was like a two count, and it's almost a, a near pinfall, they would get up and be like, oh, yeah, and he would pull them with them. But then every now and then he would get up. It was It was cool to see that. I don't know. I liked what they did there. I made it a little bit more fun for me. This was very high on my list as well. Tully annoyed the hell out of me in this because he would not just sit his dumb self down. <laughs> he keeps trying to get up and drag Luchasaurus over. You're not going to. Uh, so that takes it to me, right? Yes, sir. Um, are we on the final round? No, uh, fourth round. Okay. Uh, Rave to Friday Night Smackdown for the AJ Styles and Daniel promo. Um, as soon as Daniel... You, you start to notice certain sound bites in wrestling. And when Daniel said, anybody can come out, I was like, okay, we're setting up somebody. Who's it going to be? And I started thinking about the SmackDown guy. So it was clever that they brought AJ in. Um, and you're never, it's, what can you do with AJ and Daniel that I'm not going to love? They're great. I love seeing them in, in the ring together again. I like seeing them talk back and forth. Um, and the damn, <laughs> I the love damn. that almost brought in the damn, what is it? The quarterly brand invitation. Yeah, they they yep. they're really sticking to their guns on this one. We really are getting quarterly brand invitation. They've done pretty quarter. good with it, though. I, I'll give them credit. Yeah. They've they've stuck with it. Uh, but seeing AJ and Daniel together again was great, and I'd love to see another like really big profile long match between these guys. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean the one thing they can do with Daniel when AJ screwed up is do a DQ and what they did. But the promo is great. AJ Styles, you know, 
phenomenal. He, he is phenomenal. I mean, in the ring, it, what can we say? We we knew that coming in that AJ was going to do what he does in the ring. But his character work lately has really stood out for me. I don't know about you guys, but he's become one of my favorite characters. Dude, I don't know if he's a heel or fa- like they're doing a good job with that. I I, I know what they're aiming towards, yeah. but his character work on it, like I don't know whether I should hate him or love him. <laughs> I love him regardless, but like his the way that they're doing this, I don't know. Like it's in that gray area for me, like we talk about, and I love that. Um. Go ahead. I don't mean to hijack, but it, no, it's all right. I mean, it's doing. not even mine. It was his. Oh, but sorry. I, uh, the fact that he said he looks like he's the GM again with the sports crew. Because I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, Daniel, it doesn't look like you're even wrestling anymore. And and AJ says, you look like you have one foot out of the door already. You're talking about winning or a rumble. You're out here in a sports coat. You look like the GM again. Also, what happened to Omos? The big yeah, ass cut pat- on his head. A patch on his head. I'm uh, like- I don't know. If somebody beat this guy up. I. Credit to them, whoever's beating up Omos. Uh, maybe he just slipped and fell. N- knowing this guy, he's so tall, he forgot to duck, go <laughs> he into hit a his head. and yes. his ass on the door um, frame. Yes, yeah, it's a really good segment. This was also high on my list, Roy, so good call with that. That'll transition me to my next thing, and it's it's going to be a guy that I really wasn't doing much for me, and I don't think it was his fault. I think NXT positioned, positioned him in a way that I should have felt stronger about him. But his feuds just didn't connect with me. It's going to be Santos Escobar, and his your the, your rant, yeah, okay. the rave. Oh, I thought you said rant. I may have by accident. Um, but it's a rave for me. Okay, I'm talking about Santos Escobar and what they did backstage. I I should probably be convinced that he beat this guy up, but then again, I'm still not. I I'm waiting for a swerve. Let me let me interrupt just on this part. So for me, from my perspective. I actually felt like they kind of failed us. They made it way too obvious from the very beginning. It was not who he was saying attacked him. Nobody ever in in, in, att- in these attacks do they sit up and say exactly who it was. Mm-hmm. It's always a who done it. So when they immediately say who it was, I, right away I, I you're waiting for the swerve. Exactly. Uh, it didn't it didn't ruin it for me. Um, but this isn't even about that. What I liked was the calling card that he received mm-hmm. that connected with the carrying cross promo, because these are two guys that I weren't, I was not expecting an interaction between Santos and carrying cross. It just didn't make sense, right? You have carrying, he's probably going to go for the NST championship. You have Santos, he's the cruiserweight champion. He's dealing with guys that he's, he's pretty much dominating this division, uh, which that makes it nice to see this connection with carrying and Santos, because it does make sense. He's the Cruiserweight Champion. Karrion was the NXT Champion and probably will be again. He was talking about championships and how he is the champion in NXT. And I love that for for someone, me personally, I take Karrion Cross very seriously. He looked at him as a freaking joke. He And he made fun of him in a clever way where they're like, let's get out of here and celebrate and have drinks. And he, he makes it look like he's worried. And then he goes, "Let's hurt. it's happy hour. Tick tock. I love that he made a joke out of Karrion Cross, who's someone who we definitely should take seriously, but it, it shows the character that he is. He right. has been that dominant in the cruiserweight division where he's not even worried about a guy like Karrion Cross, and I think that does a lot for Santos Escobar moving forward, especially for me. Okay. Um, I'm My last one is actually a rant again, and this one's unfortunately going to go to NXT for... Pretty much the complete opposite of what you're saying, and that's Tony Storm in the title picture. She's not done anything with her character, with her in-ring performance, nothing to make me believe she should be going after EO for this title. 
I don't even want to go ahead and, and involve Mercedes Martinez in any of it because where the hell is all of this coming from? But Tony Storm of all of them, you you had her with Ember Moon, who where's Ember Moon really been other than this tag team or whatever uh, Dusty Rose thing? But they were together. Neither one of them seemed like they were going anywhere. Tony makes this this heel turn. And we're like, okay, it's a little rough, uh, but let's see where it goes with her. Because we, we compared it to Bailey. It, it seemed a lot of, like, forced, and she was uncomfortable with the character type thing. And it's done nothing. And she comes out and acts like she's this big badass and all this. I don't I don't care. Like, if, if I'm going to tell you right now about anybody with the title, Tony's not even on the list right now. If anybody should be going after Io at the moment... It should be Raquel Gonzalez. She just beat Rhea Ripley in, you know, the last woman standing match. Why is it Tony Storm? What has she done to be in this picture? Yeah, I I agree, but I also I was gonna ask you, who do you think it should be then? Because I I think a lot of the women in NXT outside of Eos Rye, they're all together. They haven't had anybody separate. Raquel does make sense. But, you know, honestly, if they're not ready to pull the trigger on taking the belt off EO, I'd prefer them to pass over Raquel because I do think she could be a champion. I think they are starting to build her up, and I'd rather her win the belt and not lose the belt. No, And, 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 and I'm and sure I you agree. You. I'm just saying, it so, just sucks the way everything's positioned because I right. agree with you about Tony, although she is freaking fine. <laughs> I don't think that she should be competing with Yoshirai for the women's belt because I haven't even though she has her history in NXT UK, a lot of people aren't aware of that. And they they try and show it, but right. a lot of people aren't aware that she was the NXT UK champion and some of the things that she did. And she hasn't done anything on NXT to make me believe she should be in this position. And it's not so I think if if this was like so we had gotten a couple promos, we knew that uh I am thinking of it. It is Mercedes Martinez, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, for whatever reason, I want to confuse her with Raquel, I think. Uh, whatever. Right. But Mercedes, like with the promos the last couple of weeks, knowing she was back in NXT, to me, it would have made more sense if it was her talking about going after Ego. It's more so that Tony came out of left field. And you're still involving Mercedes in this situation. Now, if this is just a setup for Martinez to beat Tony Storm to go for it, I'm fine with that. I'm just not. because Tony's not done anything for me to care about. I this. like her a lot more than Mercedes Martinez, though, and I Honestly, feel like I, don't I get know which one I like. I get a lot at this point. a much better match between Tony Storm and Io Shirai than I will Mercedes Martinez and Io Shirai. But that's just me. All right, uh, Roy, your last one. My last one I'll give to AEW as a rave for the Dean. I'm sorry, the John Moxley promo. It was very Dean Ambrose like. It was. I have Dean written in my notes and everything, and it only until I spoke it out loud that it's that it's not sound right. Uh, But yeah, the John Moxley promo is pretty cavalier, and he really showed a a little bit more of a side that we don't see in AEW, but we see very much. Um, outside of it, he's always talked about being a very simplistic and not being into the drama and stuff. We, we saw tons of that kind of conversation when he left WWE originally. So for him to just go over some of the basics of the simple things in life that he enjoys, that was fun to see. Every now and then, I, I'm curious where you guys are and and touch on this after, after this, but with Moxley, I'm so back and forth. Sometimes they give me that Dean Ambrose vibe again. 
And then sometimes I feel like it's not him in his promos. Or not not necessarily not him, but almost feels like somebody wrote it for him sometimes. This one felt like it was him. Uh, and it worked for me. Where are you guys at with Moxley? Because he, he's in a tough spot right now. He lost the championship. He's probably not going to get it back. Or What would you guys like to see out of Moxley? Moxley, for me, is somebody that I don't have an emotional investment in right now, but I very much buy as a top guy. So you can put him anywhere, and it'll be believable and okay for me, but it may not get a ton of excitement one way or the other from me. That's the perfect way to explain That's exactly how I feel. There's no emotional connection there. But I view him as a top guy, and I'm not really sure even what I want them to do with him. And and that's how I feel. Like it, he's gonna remain relevant regardless. And again, like you guys said, it's not something that he's not someone that I feel strongly about at the moment. But I could easily see it turning, and it just depending. What are you shaking your head for? I. I might as well just put it on the podcast now. Before the podcast, I randomly my laptop oh, bag had fell. No, no, bottle. my laptop. I'm sitting here trying not to crack. I know at him too. my bag fell and randomly knocked over water. Which okay, and now I just completely dropped it. So this is twice now that I've spilled water all over Roy's floor. <laughs> I apologize for hijacking the podcast, but Greg didn't know what we were talking about and why I was just shaking my head and Roy was laughing. Well, no, I knew you dropped it, but I'm like, is he upset about what I'm saying? About no, like, didn't no. Didn't just kind of say what I'm no, saying? No, I completely like, agree. what the Sorry. hell's happening? That's why I wasn't even going to explain what happened, but I, I wanted to catch you up, I guess. I'll move on to my final pick for today, and I am going to go with SmackDown and Bianca Belair as a rave. Okay. Because I have been a huge fan of Bianca, it was great to see her get a win against Bailey, who we all know what Bailey has accomplished in the past few years, especially the last year with her reign as women's champion. I know that Bailey has suffered some losses here lately, but it hasn't really taken away from the fact that this is a big win for Bianca. And I hope they pull the trigger on her for the Rumble. If they don't, I hope it's somebody like Shayna. Ah, God, I was about to say, I hope it's somebody like Naya. I can't believe I was about to say that. No, get out of here. I, I can't even say that. I hope it's somebody like Shayna or Bianca. I, I want to see I want to see a talent that it's really believable for them to take the next step, and I think Bianca is there. So this, this is good. This is really good. Also, I'm wondering if Bailey wins the damn Rumble. I really am, because they always like to swerve us, and Bailey hasn't been winning, and she lost to Bianca, and you made it look like Bianca's going to win the Rumble. What if Bailey just eliminates Bianca and wins the damn Rumble? She's never won a Rumble. I don't know. They've done a good job of really positioning me where I know I have no idea what the hell's going on for both Rumbles. She, she didn't win a Rumble. Bailey's never won a Rumble. Who was it that was... Oh, it's been Oscar. It's mind. been Oscar, Becky, and Charlotte. I was thinking of Becky Lynch when she got attacked and then she made her way back yeah. out into the Rumble injured, like that whole thing. I was like, who was that? All right, so let's go ahead on to our honorable mentions this week. Blake, what do you got for us for rants? Uh, I only have one left, and it wasn't even a big rant for me, so it's perfect for honorable mentions, and it was the, the Tyler Rust-Jobber match. Uh, it's a rant because... While I understand it, and I think there's a long-term story here to be played out. He took a loss, and I would have preferred it, his win to have been against somebody that made a little bit more sense than a jobber. But I also I don't want to discredit them because I do think that there's a long long-term story playing out, and we'll get better days out of this. But it was kind of boring for me, so it was a very honorable mention rant. Uh, for me, it's just the Xavier Woods retribution storyline. 
the matches have been shallow, and I think I think there's a great basis for the storyline when you th look at the Mustafa and the Kofi stuff, and what we believe to be was Kofi taking Mustafa's spot, and he's he's leaning into that. I think there is a, a good story there, and I think we're going to get probably Mustafa and Kofi as a WrestleMania match. Maybe the, the, they're long building towards that, but right now it's falling flat for me. I need a, I need a little bit more from it. All right, so I only have one as well, um, and it's going to be the uh, Shayna versus Britt Baker. It's just one of those situations where I we say it every week, and this is why it's just an honorable mention because I don't want to keep talking about it, but to me, I, I, I love Britt Baker, and I hate that this is taking away from it, but the way they treat the women's division, you're building up towards a match, but you're only giving one person in that match matches so thunder rosa has not done anything but come out and make saves or attack um you know where's where's our women's champion just different things like that and it's like why if we're if if we're really if we're really going to be this low in the women's division focus on the title make the title mean something i i love Britt baker we all do but uh um Frick, why am I... See, she's not even on TV enough for me to remember her damn name at the moment. And it, I don't know why it's... Shida. Hikaru Shida. Isn't even... She should be the one highlighted right now because she's the champion. It should be about who's going after her, not some feud between Britt Baker and... Oh, oh... Uh, recent... What was it? What was the, the brand called? <laughs> I can't even remember because it pisses me off. What was the brand that she came from? NWA. NWA Women's Championship. Like... Which has gotten more spotlight than the AEWs. I wonder if Hikaru's hurt. I haven't seen her, and I haven't Actually, seen anything that says... They did the same thing before her match with, I know. with Nyla, though. She was just yeah. gone. Yeah, yeah. and, and it's, it's weird. I don't know. Um, I I challenge you to look at their roster. Because after I don't I, want to because I still I know I'm going to get that upset because you talked about it yeah, last week. Yeah, because now I, I, I can't even complain because when I look at the roster, there's, there's just no one there. I just feel well, like some I'm, of them are gone. I'm putting, I'm putting you know, my stones in a basket when they don't belong there. And yeah. it sucks. Yeah. What? I, I don't know about your stones in a basket. No, I don't know. All your stones you in a basket? Your, your eggs? In a basket when they I've heard eggs. There. I've never heard stones. I don't it's, know why you're putting stones in there. said the same thing. There. It's the same but basically, but, you're, you're you're going all in on one thing. Why are you putting your stones in a basket? Where you're are your stones? Going all in on one thing, okay? There. All right, not, well. and, and that's I guess that's more of a thing for AEW going all in. But also earlier you said pull the string instead of pull the trigger. I wasn't going to say anything, but if we're doing it now, I may as well. Did I? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I don't want to put I can't all talk this week. Should, should I? Should I move on to rave? I don't want to put all yeah, my yeah, stones yeah. in one basket. Uh, truth. Our truth. THB, the heart business, no truth assumes it's truth. Happy birthday. The chain. I, I mean, it's so stupid. It's funny. He thought he was getting 24 golden 24. Carrots. He said 24 carats. God, our truth, man. I'm going to miss him when he's gone. I really am. He has his place because Raw wasn't doing much for me this week. And, and there he is once again to give me some comedy and save the day. The Young Bucks and the Good Brothers defeating Dark Order. Uh, that was cool. I, I, I like that Dark Order is still being utilized. Um, they feel important to me, even without Brody Lee. I'm curious what they do with... I don't, I don't want them to draw out the Hangman stuff for too long. I, 
I'm not saying they had to pull the trigger on it right now, but I don't want it to go missing and just either there never be a resolution or we get one when it's way too late. Because I'm so curious. There was a resolution. He said no. No, that wasn't it. I, I, I don't have faith in that. I feel like there's more to it. Uh, hopefully. I'm hopeful. Uh, John Silver looked really good in that match, in my opinion. That was... I, I think he had a match with Orange Cassidy where he kind of, I said, okay, this, this guy's pretty good. And I felt the same way this week as well. So maybe John Silver's more talented than I I've gave him credit this, for. the feeling about that for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, yeah I, I think he's he's more talented than given credit for. Uh, despite the weird, awkward force tension between Finn Bauer and Kyle O'Reilly, I do think Kyle O'Reilly looked great once again in the tag match. Uh, it kind of saved all that, that weird stuff for me. I, I just don't know what the path is. You know, I, I don't know if I want to see him and Finn in another title match. I, I felt like the only way really for him to beat Finn is for him to have a heel turn. And I've been waiting for that. I thought maybe he would attack Finn in that scenario that we had to end the show. It didn't happen. Maybe we'll get it. I'm not really sure. Um, and the final thing was, I know it was part of your rant, but I actually was okay with Braun Strowman ending SmackDown. What a solid case is to someone who can win the Royal Rumble. Because I don't think he's going to. But if you were going to pick someone to to set up a solid case for, I think Braun Strowman makes sense. Not at all. Um, so I was okay with it. All right, for me, honorable mentions on raves. Red Velvet, believe it or not, was for me this week. And she's not someone that I've been a fan of or enjoyed thus far. But they did make her feel like more of a star to me this week. They talked about there is someone that's here every week. There is someone with a fire in them. And she loses... But at least that part, she is here every week and she does have a fire in her. Um, she came out, she got very serious. Cody needs a partner. Uh, it just worked out uh, and it, it made me take her a little bit more seriously. And the only other thing I have for honorable mention is I think I consider myself almost to a fault uh, very difficult to impress. Especially in wrestling, you've been so, you, when you're a fan for so long, you, you see a lot of stuff. And this is going to seem very minimalistic, but here is what the most impressive thing was for me all week. Um, at ringside, Big E and Cesaro are going back and forth. Big E swings his fist. And just as fluid and natural as a swing back, Cesaro gets his leg just straight up from a standing... They're both in a standing position just a few inches apart and just boots him, like, directly in the face to the point where, like... I would buy that as a real sh fight. Like, he got it up there so fast in response to that punch. It was clean. I was just like, what the hell? He just kicked him right in the head. No issues. I was super impressed That was that. You should have been. I, I did, too. It was super clean. And and it was, yeah, it was really well done. I agree. I noticed that as well. Greg? Was that it for you? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I have two left. Um, uh, Riddle getting the win in the gauntlet just because I do feel like they're I, I know we it's like we keep getting this same setup, but I think I think Riddle does win the title, and I think Bobby Lashley is moving on to the WWE Championship picture or Universal whatever one's over there now. Um, and then the other one, it, it if this was anybody else backstage saying this line, I don't think it would have went over well with me. It was more so the accent that did it. But when Sammy was talking to Shinsuke. And he's telling him, I've done all this for you. You should at least pay me back by having my back. Shinsuke is thanking, or telling him that he's thankful for everything he does. he's done and he appreciates it, but go to hell. It's just the way that he said it. 
I was like, okay, that was out of nowhere, and it's Shinsuke saying it. So every time I, every time Shinsuke is about to speak, all I can hear, splat, splat. I've never forgotten that, and I think it will carry on forever for Shinsuke oh, for Nakamura sure. for me. All right, guys. So just you know, we ask every week. Blake, favorite show this week? I don't know. <laughs> I. I, I'm be honest. I don't think any of them were that great. I know that sounds bad. But no, I agree. If you've listened to me for the past few weeks, you've heard how much I loved almost all of the shows. I don't know. I I really don't. It wasn't Raw. It wasn't Smack. I'm perfectly fine. I'm gonna with go with NXT. Sure. I'm gonna go with NXT. Okay. I think the Dusty Classic stuff. I can get behind the Dusty Cup. I'll give it to them. A uh, very dull week for me. Also, there I didn't have a, a ton listed here. Uh, but I do think for all its flaws, SmackDown was the best show this week. And it's a shame because basically half the show was trash, but they fit enough stuff. When I, when I look at it as a whole, there was more that I enjoyed about SmackDown than any of the other shows uh, as a whole. So I'm, I'm in the same boat as Blake where none of these shows stood out to me this week. None of them, I don't think any of them were better than the other or any of them was worse than the other. I don't think it was a good week for wrestling. And a big part of that that sucks is that these were go-home shows for the Rumble. And I feel this way about this week. I shouldn't, I feel like I shouldn't feel that way about this week. Go Honestly, go-home shows normally aren't that good, I've, I've realized. Well, that. yeah, but I, I guess, and maybe that's why they're not that good. Maybe we go up to it with a little bit of an expectation, or at least we used to. But I'm honestly going to go out there and say... None of them stood out to me as a favorite this week. Okay. <laughs> it's just how I was. Um, but there is a winner regardless. Uh, in last place is Raw. And your winner, Friday Night Smackdown. 